What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up in Flames. Today, I got a really special guest, uh, Wayne Cole. You guys are used to me, you know, talking football, talking basketball. But this is a guy who I seen his episode with Chris, and it basically inspired. I reached out to him, wanted to have him on the show. So, Wayne, I'm going to give you the floor to basically tell us what you do, um, why you're into, basically, we're going to talk mental health. So I'm going to give you the floor to basically tell us what you do, where you started, and then basically we'll go from there because this is a conversation that I feel like doesn't get enough love that is much needed. Man, first, I appreciate uh, you asking me. And the topic, you know, is near and dear to my heart. So I definitely, uh, again, just want to appreciate you, man. Uh, my name is Wayne Cole. And I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I have a master's in counseling and looking pretty soon to pursue a PhD in it as well. I'm a coach, mm-hmm. mentor, podcaster, author, um, NBA reporter, college reporter, high school reporter. Uh, can do a little cooking, like chefing it up, crab cakes, shrimp. Yeah. Uh, I just try to do it all, man. And I think that comes from when you grow up here, everybody aspires to make the league as you see the guy behind me. Will mm-hmm. Barton, um, I just wanted to make an avenue for other guys to say, look, you can be the GM, the coach, the trainer. You can be anything, the, the broadcaster. So I wanted to make an avenue um, for young men, but it goes deeper than that because a lot of our guys don't have mentorship. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I take mentorship so serious. My grandfather who just passed was a coach for 27 years as a volunteer. You know, he didn't he didn't uh, get paid for it. He did it out the kindness of his heart. Went into, you know, some tough neighborhoods. Just really put his arm around the guys and said, look, man, the choice is yours. And that kind of, you know, naturally rubbed off on me. And to the point where I took teams, I coached women, you know, basketball. And we were projected to not, you know, finish first and we win the championships. And I, I, that's a testament to just, you know, a la Ray Lewis. Now you motivate the troops before war. Um, mm-hmm. You got to give the kids something to look up to. And I didn't have that when I was young. Right. So I said, if I had a small platform, I would do the biggest impact I could in helping kids. So that's mm-hmm. what it all comes from, man. You you see, when I, I, I told, like I told Chris, you'll go to another state and they're like, oh, the wire. Oh, you, you not bad people. No, actually I mentor, you know, I, I help kids with their mental health. I do a lot of good stuff. So it's, it's just wild how some people could judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to they talk to you, they're like, oh, you're real, man. Like, you know, we we, we going through the same stuff. Yeah. But the, the mental health piece is so important, man, because, again, I can tell you stories, like I told Chris, that bring tears to your eyes. You mm-hmm. know, kids that are like, I want to give up on life. I don't have nothing to reach for. You know, um, I have, I'm a teen parent, man. I don't have no money. I work three jobs. I'm, I'm at Amazon. I'm at Walmart. So when you hear these kids' stories, like, I got to do something mm-hmm. to make sure they have a, a safe space to, you know, vent this because the pandemic show, we, a lot of people going through the same stuff. We feel alone. Yeah. Um, we in our heads a lot. So even as adults, you know, we got a lot on our plate. Imagine for a kid. So I yeah. think that's what made me look like, look, I got to focus in learn this mental health at the highest level. I, I'm a student of the game. That's like basketball, just like mental health. Um, mm-hmm. When the kid tells you, I don't have a father. Can you be my father? Now you just give me a job. That's lifetime. That's a lifetime. 
So I'm dedicated to the craft, trying to get these kids exposed for their basketball, for their, you know, for their writing, for their mental health. And mm -hmm. I'm talking to kids in Germany, Australia, uh, the UK about mental health and mentoring them. And it's like, wow, here I am, a kid from Baltimore, is literally talking to kids about, you know, helping them. So it's, it's been awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, like 100% in, in the, I had, you know, that father figure, that mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was younger, though, it kind of, my dad was that for a lot of other kids. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people love my dad. And I never understood, like, you know, I beef with my dad. We had our little, and everybody loved my dad. I never understood it until I started getting older and realizing, you know what I'm saying, a lot of these kids don't have their fathers. And so my dad was that father figure. He helped coach my basketball team. You know, he invited the kids in the neighborhood over. He'd come outside. We'd hoop together. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd set up football games. He would do a lot of stuff. And I would always wonder, like, I guess I took it for granted when I was younger. And now, like, I mean, me and my dad have always been, you know, click tight, even to this day. But it's 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 even bigger now. And then now that I'm a father, I understand it. Like, I actually had that figure to look up to. I had somebody to tell me, you know, I had somebody show me the way, not only how to be a man, I didn't have to look for that, but how to be a great father, how to be a great husband. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had that aspect. I wasn't necessarily seeking a mentor. I didn't necessarily need that, but a lot of people don't. So what do you think the most important thing with you having worked with these kids, what has been like the most important thing of your mentorship? Like, how grateful do some of these kids really come off? Because, you know, I don't know. I'm not the most... I'm not really a mentor right now. I would love mm -hmm. to be like a lot of the stuff you were saying you do. I would love to do that. But, mm -hmm. you know, my time kind of gets consumed a lot being in the military and then coming home, being a husband, father. Yeah, uh, appreciate about to your have service. A new kid. Oh, hey, appreciate Congratulations, it. Congratulations, man. Yeah, I got a daughter and then, you know, son could be here in the next couple of weeks. So, you okay. know, I've just been real wrapped up with that, trying to do this podcast thing, linking with guys like you. But how how important is your mentorship to these kids? Because, you have to you have to value yourself first, and obviously you doing this. How appreciated are you by these kids? Man, that's a great question. That is a great. I mean, that's a great question. It's literally one word, and it might sound crazy to people, but it's listening. Mm -hmm. You don't realize the value in just listening to a kid. You know, that's what mentorship is. It's listening. Mm -hmm. He's like Mr. Cole. It's an and it's an facial expression, Mr. Cole. Okay, talk to me. I can tell something's up. Man, I had a bad day. You know, X, Y, Z happened. What's your advice? You know, it's that little thing right there. Because yeah. I always tell people, when you talk to kids, I met a lot of kids that was like, man, you were the, the stopgap to me harming myself, giving up on my dreams. Mm -hmm. So you got to really listen. Are we listening to reply or are we listening to understand? When you see a kid... Uh, just light up when you give them, they want a gift card in class mm -hmm. or they present with you or you, you bring the game system in the class for the day and they, and they all play like that's, that's what mentorship is. When a kid says, I'm gonna get cut from the team. I bet. So you stay after school for one or two hours and train with the kid. It's that it's, it's just the listening piece for me. When you literally just say, hey, I, I want to hear your story. 
-hmm. or getting a group of guys at the school and y'all playing among among us on the phone. Uh, it's a little app game, mm -hmm. but it's just the simple thing of listening, man. It's like if, if I tell you I'm hurt, or you can say you want a band aid, you want to go to the hospital. Do you need some water? Like what? It's just the simple act of listening. Now I know I said that a lot, but yeah, people have to realize how powerful that is. Mm -hmm. Because we all want to be understood, you know, especially for kids, they have to see to believe. And a lot of kids have told me, you're the first person to tell me you believe in me. Mm -hmm. So listen, as a you, we really shape the kids' minds when they're young. Right. So if, you, if you're hearing you nothing, man, you suck, this, that, that, and the third, you can go up to think what? I'm a loser. So right. I always say, look, with, with Mr. Cole... It's motivation. And it's funny because my grandfather was named well, Wayne Cole, but they called him Big Wayne, and they would call me Little Wayne. Mm -hmm. And the older guys were like, all right, Little Wayne, take the floor. Go talk to us. So it's like I got this. Everybody has a gift. I say LeBron can shoot a basketball. Lamar Jackson can throw a football. Mm -hmm. I just had a gift of connecting with people. So that's what – and then when you see these kids, I don't care if it's a kid from Africa, Minnesota, Miami, Alaska, I'm going to connect deeply with them on a level to it. Okay, I heard you talk about food a lot. You want to be a chef? Oh, I heard you talking about uh, sports. You want to be a reporter? You want to be a player? Um, just meeting them where they're at. Mm -hmm. You know, believing them where they're at first. And then listening them up from there. Yeah, I mean, so, like, that becomes a tough responsibility. Um, oh, I'm sorry. My, my bad. So that becomes a tough responsibility. Um, so like one thing I want to talk to is talk about is depression. Um, you know, a lot mm. of people, they, they, I put it like this. I went through it. I, I went through a state of being depressed, not to the point where like, I just, oh, I want to end it all. But there was just, I didn't realize I was depressed. And so that's kind of, that was, I guess what you would say is the scariest thing about it is people don't realize when it happens. You just think, I'm having bad day after bad day. It's just that point in time in my life. So, you know, my wife started noticing it. My mom started noticing it. And so they, all they asked was to seek help because I wasn't much of a person. I could talk all day. But when it comes to opening up and feelings, I don't. that's not mine. You know, I bottle it all up, keep it to myself, and, and keep it moving. So I finally went to seek help. And they dig deep. And so you might think that life is all good, but it's something from your past that's bothering you. And you hit a time in your life where it, it that thing in the past became a trigger. And you don't even realize it, especially somebody like me. You know, when I was talking to the therapist, it was just, you don't talk about your feelings. So you kind of leave everything bottled up. And then something happens and it starts to trigger. And that's where the anger is coming from. That's where the... Mm -hmm the state of unhappiness is coming from. So with you basically working with kids, you know, and just being that mentor and always like focused on everybody's mental health, what are your thoughts about depression? Because like I said, I didn't know until I seek help that that was probably what the diagnosis was. And it was, like I said, it wasn't nothing major. It was, I did need to talk to somebody, somebody sit there who wouldn't judge you. And I know mm -hmm. like everybody says, hey, I won't judge you, da, da, da. but you don't want to, as a man, I didn't want to 
at that time, I didn't want to talk to my wife and come off as weak. Man, I'm not good mentally. Yeah. And then I didn't want her to feel like it had anything to do with her because if you looked at on the outside looking in, you're like, man, your life's great. Your, your, your kid's healthy. Your marriage is healthy. You know, you, you got a job. You know, what are you really tripping about? And that's when it became for me like, yeah, man, maybe I'm just acting a fool. That's why I didn't want to seek help. But then talking to, I didn't want to open up to my wife because, you know, it's just that man and you didn't want to come off as weak, didn't want to come off as emotional. So what do you think about like depression? I know you've dealt with it with, with some kids, but how do you identify and how do you help people get through it besides just sending them to a therapist? Because that's kind of like what you are to them. You, you're their therapist. You're their counselor. You give them the advice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start with it by saying this. Actually, the strong talk about their feelings and emotions, not the weak. So I said, one thing you said right there, excuse me if you can hit a dog. Um, it's, it's power and being vulnerable and being real and genuine and authentic. Depression. I remember my first day of grad school, the professor said, counselors need counselors, therapists need therapists. In order for me to truly give someone myself, have to make sure I'm pouring into my it's, it's an everyday job. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, if, if I'm gonna give you this energy on this interview, I gotta make sure I'm filled up. I can't be like, yeah, man, you know, that's not that's not good for you. That's not good for me. So right. self care, taking your time off, um, you know, winning the day. But with the mm -hmm. depression piece, you know, people just you say, oh yeah, mom, I'm sad. They like, no, you all right? Cheer up. It's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It's not just cheer up. And I think that's what we gotta. Oh, but you got everything to live for. You you got a million dollars. I've talked to pro athletes that told me, man, I make hundreds of million dollars and I'm still not happy. So I think a lot of us we put on this mask or facade to either impress people on social media, um, to live up to crazy expectations that you don't have to. Or mm -hmm. it's um comparing your life to someone else. As J. Cole said, love yours. So mm -hmm. depression is a lot of not really, honestly, it's just not loving you first, right? Believing in you. Because you might see, you might be on somebody's chapter 100. Everybody has a journey. Mm -hmm. Another thing is you said it is a lot of depression comes from the judgment piece. Like if anybody's listening to this, to truly not to judge someone and let them feel open, you know, and vulnerable, that's huge. But a lot of people are like, if I tell them this, I bet in five years they're going to use it against me. Or I bet they'll they'll use this somehow, some way. Um, so that's the that's been the huge piece. Now, the thing with me is a black male talking about mental health openly. People mm -hmm. are like, oh, wait a minute. I was told I got to be tough. Or you, you can't cry. And I'm like, I'm not going to be this guy on social media. Oh, everything is perfect. I told a guy, hey, today I didn't have it today. You know, mm -hmm. I I was a little tired. You know, I wanted to do the uh, Instagram live with y'all, but I needed a day. And also, I get a pedicure. My grandfather told me a man with a clear head and clean feet makes conscious decisions. So I've heard guys say, oh, man, that's, that's for girls. So is washing your hands for girls? Is brushing your teeth for girls? Like, when is taking care of your, yourself for girls? Mm -hmm. But if anything, a girl loves when you smell good. Girl loves when you are in tune with your emotions. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of stigmas that I got to break down. 
I saw yeah. a beautiful picture one day on Instagram, and it was a picture of an apple in front of a mirror. The front side of it, it looked shiny and glossy, but on the back, it was bitten. Mm -hmm. So we always see the highlights. So I try to be like, look, I'm going to give you the lowlights and the highlights. Right. And I think that's what makes me authentic and real. And just talk like this. Mm -hmm. so it's almost like you know, we're live, but it's, it's just me and you and other people just right. so happen to can hear this. Like you mm -hmm. got to be genuine, real and authentic and I real recognize real. And especially for mental health, like this is nothing to play with. So I don't want to ever have somebody feel like, you know, I've had people say, man, I can't even come to my parents. I can't even mm -hmm. go to a trusted friend because they're going to talk about my mental health. And you're not crazy to talk about your feelings. Actually, you're powerful. You're courageous. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I was talking to a kid. Perfect example in Africa, right? Was suffering from depression. Literally said, "I got in on your on your uh, on your show. Didn't want to harm myself because it was good to see someone out there in the world that just kid and wanted to just listen to me." Mm -hmm. So, um, it's 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 overwhelming sometimes. When kids say, "Look, I, I need I, I need you," and like I said, I'm not a parent. I have a puppy. I have godchildren. Um, mm -hmm. And when you when you realize and you look at them, it's like I, I have a standard to uphold to these three. You know, they looking up to me. They know about mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, I'm 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 giving them something early that I didn't really get when I was young. And the kids like, "Come on, be tough. You got it. You got it." And I I think that's why. I am the way I am because I can right. give you multiple lanes. You know, mm -hmm. now, I don't wanna, I don't call it tough love. I call it tough reassurance. You can do this. You got it. Pick your head up, you know, or, hey, okay, I see you not feeling well today. What's going on? So being able to read a kid's bo body language is everything. Mm -hmm. A kid can tell me how they feel if they slouched or if they have a, a like a glossy look in their faces, like something is up. So, you know, when the bell ring, holding the mat for five minutes, talk to me. I'm not going to judge you. I think that's what the depression is, man. It's, even with our vets, again, thank you for your service. I've talked to vets that are like, man, when I hear um, fireworks, or if I'm in large crowds, I get shook. Or I have nobody to talk to because now, you know, I lost everything when I came back over. I don't trust myself anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm nervous to make new friends. That's all all just staying up here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I say, just get it out. And I encourage therapy. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to unpack those things when you were like five years old. Like, why why do I act the way I act? Oh, from my childhood. So um, depression, man, is real. And I know a lot of people say, oh, you can pray it up. Well, faith without work is dead. So you got to. That's fine to pray, but we have to go talk to someone too. Got to put a hand to hand. Yeah. And for us as men, right here talking, maybe somebody in that's watching this can be like, okay, it's not. It's it's fine to talk about my emotions. Mm -hmm. It's not wrong with that. That's what real men do. Yeah. You know, we we have to lean on one another, man. Um, that's why I'm so passionate about this because I rather you talk to me for ten hours. Then you make one rash decision and hurt yourself. And that's for anybody. Mm -hmm. If we got to talk, let's talk. Everything is not about money. It's just about just being human beings. 
And that's what just keeps me going is I go to bed some nights upset and I'm like, I left some more people out there that I could have helped. Mm -hmm. So um, the depression piece, man, you hear these kids opening up more about it. Uh, and it's been, it's been beautiful. And then they hear kids say, well, I want to get into this mental health thing. That's also cool because we need more representation. Representation matters. Right. You know, so it, it's, it's real, but we, we're, we're tackling it each day, man. It's, it's, it's an ongoing thing, but I think we're getting closer than we were yesterday. Yes. Down the stigma. Right. So I want to ask you, you know, you always talk about how you were able to help all these kids. So my question is the first time you, you kind of jumped into this lane and got that confirmation that what you said or what you did helped. Like, is that your motivating factor? Like, do you, we, even though you've probably helped hundreds of kids, hundreds of people, like you said, you talked to mm -hmm. pro athletes, vets, kids, adults, but mm -hmm. is that like, is that feeling that you had that first time that somebody told you, man, your word is what I needed to continue life? Is that like your motivating factor? Or do you not necessarily think about the first time and you more worry about the next person? Like once you handle the one person, you always keep in contact. They always on your mind, but you also know, like, you got to keep driving forward and, and be concerned about the next person. So how was that first time that somebody told you, man, it's because of you that I've continued, turned around and continued life and didn't take my life because of you, what was that feeling? Man, you, you got the greatest questions, man. And we just flowing. <laughs> That's another thing. It's like, we flowing. No script. Yeah. I'm going off of what you tell me. And I just yeah, and it's awesome, man. You, you in this, you don't keep doing, keep doing what you're doing, man. You really, I'm blown away. I appreciate um, that's it. A great question. No, for real. I'm, I'm, I, I ain't blowing no smoke up. You, you, you killing it. Um, it's so many stories. You mm -hmm. know, it's not one is in more important than the other. But you said, when did I know, right? Mm -hmm. And it goes back to college. I remember playing Madden with someone. You know, college, mm -hmm. one in the morning. I'm um, just having fun, and. Just hear a knock on the door. And I'm like, no, nah, yeah, oh, I think somebody knocking at the door. And I'm like, no, nah, Wayne, we just playing the game. No, nah, no, somebody knocked on the door. Knock mm -hmm. on the door, somebody comes in, he's crying. We pause the game, talk to this person, and they're like, I, I, I want to hurt myself. And I'm like, whoa, want to hurt yourself? Yeah, nothing to live for. I'm just I'm sad. I mean, we we pause the game, talk to this person for like five hours. Now, the the huge thing about this was, I was like, wait, like, there's power in just listening to someone. Mm -hmm. There's power in being vulnerable. There's power in someone just saying, you you do this, can you help me? There's power in someone saying. This is it. You know, this you know what this is it. There's power in being honest. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting there and I'm just like, huh, what what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your fears? What do you like to do? You know, who are you? Tell me tell me more about you. Mm -hmm. and we had about a five hour conversation. And um it was life changing for me. Because I was like, trust. You know, as Lamar Jack, big trust. Mm -hmm. Like this person trusted me. Um, and see my roommate there just watching and looking like he he doesn't know what to say because he he's just kind of I guess just watching in in awe like this is really happening. 
Right. So you realize that all this person needed was just some belief. Mm-hmm. That was it. And they, they went on to do some great things. But I was like, man, I'm just a college kid. You know, somebody cares about what I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's when it hit like, yo, we might have something here to, you know, really inspire people. Because how hard is that to tell somebody, you know, you're almost, you're like my last resort. You're my last, you're my last hope. So when you hear that, I I, I take it back to a a sports analogy. It's like, we got to hit a buzzer beater. Because if I, if I clank it or if I rim out or if I airball, this person will never get to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And I think to have someone literally break down their walls in front of you and let you start the process of brick by brick building them up, mm-hmm. I said, man, this 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 is it. So then it just went on to helping more people around campus, um, you know, just smiling at people, talking to them on, on the shuttle. Or when you see somebody alone in the cafe, going up and just sitting with them and talking to them. Right. But college, you know, I guess that's when I was really in my field. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I was like, yeah, we, I got, we, we have something here to let people know, like, you, you gotta just listen, man. And that's what it all comes back to is listening, the power of listening. Mm-hmm. Because who knows if we had that game up one decimal higher, if we had on headphones and, they're like, well, nobody cares, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why it was so powerful for me. It was like everything just had to align, right? It was no room for error. There was no time for us to be like, man, I ain't getting that door. It's probably somebody being funny. It was like, I'm welcoming you. I'm seeing you for who you are. No judgment. You know, no judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm literally talking to you as if you were me. Meaning, treat others how you want to be treated. Right. And I, I, that stays with me because it was like, man, maybe I do have a, a, a lane to make this mental health thing really work. Because, mm-hmm. you know, even me, I was sitting in my dorm and I'm like, man, nobody really cares about mental health. I'm like, why should I care? Right. And then you always get those little reassurances like you in your purpose mm-hmm. or you in your calling. And I think that, man, that that interaction literally changed my life to, you know, put full throttle in the mental health and, and take this thing to the next level. So that's, that's what it was for me. Yeah. I mean, and that's big time. And, it, and it's one of those, like, to me, the always, the most interesting thing. And that's why I asked that question is when everybody hits a certain point, we want to talk about every, the, the glory, the, your high moments, the everything you mm-hmm. do so well, you do so well. But, like, you got to go back to the grind first. Like, you talk to an NBA player, and it's like, yeah, tell me about that 60-point game. Tell me about, you know, the NBA All-Star experience. But, like, something I would be concerned with, or I would be, I would want to talk about, man, tell me about that late-night practice when you was 19 years old that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because now now that practice that you stayed three hours, that, that game that you didn't play well, so you went and practiced again after the game. That's why you're here and we're able to talk about your high moments. So it's like to be able to talk about the hundreds of kids and everybody, the hundreds of people that you helped. I wanted to know like that first time that you knew like 
from here on out, man, I gotta, this is my calling. But because yeah. it starts somewhere, nobody just jumps into a game and then like continues on if they feel like there's no, they have no purpose. Right. So people typically, you don't start, you'll start something. And when you realize, man, maybe this is not my lane, maybe this is not my purpose, you, you'll try and find your purpose. But for mm -hmm. you, you continue this lane. So obviously, somewhere at some point, it told you, like, man, this is, you know, this is what I'm meant to do. And so you help all these people. Does it ever weigh in on you at all? And you have to, you know, <laughs> seek some help because you help everybody. You know, mm -hmm. when you, you reach out to people and you're concerned about their mental health. But do you ever have to, like, talk to somebody and get that, you know, you deal with some, like you said, you've dealt with some sad stories that, mm -hmm. that would make people, your average person, drop tears. So, yeah. like, you have to deal with all that and be somebody strong suit. Like you said, kids, vets, pro athletes, you had mm -hmm. to be their strong suit. So is there ever a time when you just be like, man, I need a break of true vacation, get away from everything and get my mental back in order? Yeah, and I, I'll say it on, just you know, record, I have a therapist myself. Like, mm -hmm. I, like I told you, if I'm going to pour into others, I got to make sure I'm pouring that in back to me. Right. So you might see a 6 a.m. run, um, maybe a, a walk in a park. I know it sound, might sound corny, but it's true. Going to my therapist, mm -hmm. you know, writing my writing out my feelings, mm -hmm. uh, podcasting, you know, cutting my phone off for like an hour, just playing some some calm music, just to get me mm -hmm. back refocused. Um, yeah, it when you have to be the one for a lot of people, you you got to make sure you are not um, <laughs> forgetting yourself, and that's very right. easy. Very easy. You know, when, like I said, when you're the go-to guy, you have to make sure you're protecting your, your mentals just mm -hmm. as much. So, I mean, it, I'm human, so it does weigh on me sometimes when, you know, you hear somebody and you're like, man, I wish I could take that pain away, right? I think that's, mm -hmm. that's the thing for me. You hear somebody and it's like, man, you went through all that and you're still standing. Mm -hmm. So, don't Look, celebrate where you you came. Don't look. Remember you. Remember the past, but don't abuse the past. Mm -hmm. Stay in the present, and let's focus on building a better future. Right. So even that's for me. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's so I guess I want to just help so many people. That how can I help them truly, if I'm burnt out? Right. So that's being in touch with. Okay, I need to do this. For my mental health, I need to do that. You know, mm -hmm. I need to drink water. I need to put the right things in my body. Mm -hmm. It's, it's I like to tell you, it's a twenty-four-seven job, but I'm dedicated because I want to get the next level, which is a doctorate. So even I'm showing people, I'm not stopping at a master's. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to learn in mental health. So much more that we that this pandemic will tell us maybe five, ten years. So I'm trying to be at the top, and right. even if I become Doctor Cole, it's still what's up, Wayne? Just you know, cooling it. It's not about the title. It's about the, the education behind it. Mm -hmm. So I need to get the highest level of mental health to make sure I'm at the top of the cutting edge, you know, research, mm -hmm. um, maybe new um, formulas that we can, you know, craft up and think of, okay, how can we meet kids there? So it's, it's really, you have to be dedicated to your craft. Right. Now, mental health is just one of my many things I do, but it's, it's like my baby. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
I have to reach the pinnacle of this thing we call mental health. Right. So that I'm never stumped or confused or somebody has a question. There you go. I got the answer. So I think that's why it's like, this could be considered um, as a master's degree. What do we want to call it? You know, this is the conference finals. You know, mm-hmm. the finals is going to be that doctorate degree where I'm going to have to research, right. take classes, defend my work in front of people that already are in this work. Mm-hmm. And then really get the show kicking. So yeah. just being dedicated to what I love, man. And um, that's what's keeping me going. Like, there's somebody out there right now that's going through something that I don't know. And hopefully, somehow, some way, we'll be connected to help. Yeah, and I think, so that's, you know, that's, oh, my bad. that's what it is, man. That drive to mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think with that is like, you you basically, you know, like not to, you the person that a lot of people need. And, you know, like I said, I just want to know because I feel like that will weigh on somebody like myself. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing I want to touch on uh, is, and we've talked about a lot, like between us and, and things, but you have your masters. So like postpartum depression. That's like part of a part of a you know the mental health, and I know we're two yeah. males talking about it, but uh-huh. you know you have the you have the education behind it, and so that's a part that's very near and dear to me. You know, I've went through depression, and then I've seen it, you know, um, with my wife, and it was tough. Mm. It, it was tough as a male because I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to be there because it was a lot different than how she normally needed me, and mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. You know, she's going to have her good days. She's going to have her bad days. She's yeah. going to have her moment where today has been all good. And then it's just a moment and it's not. And, you know, you don't, I never, I didn't understand it. I think now that I've been through it, obviously I understand it. Uh, being able to prepare better for, you know, having a second kid. If mm-hmm. postpartum does happen again, I think I'll be better prepared. But, you know, I guess my thing is, what would be your advice to guys? And, and that's like my side. Guys, when you're with your wife, girlfriend, you know, the mother of your child, yeah. how, how how would you be able, with having the education behind it, how would you be mm-hmm. able to give them some advice to help, the, you know, their woman deal with it because they're already dealing with a lot. And then you're looking like, man, you want to give up. Like there's times where you just want to give up. Be like, man, I don't know what's wrong. Is it her? Is it me? I just want to give up. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But they need that strong, especially when we talk about, you know, relationships and having kids, they need that other person to be strong. So, like, what kind of advice would you give for, for that person to be the strong point for their woman while they're going through postpartum? Man, you keep, you're hitting Grand Slam at the Grand Slam. With postpartum, you simply, literally have to be there. This, your wife or girlfriend has literally put her body through things you couldn't imagine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the power of a woman, first, they're going to have highs and lows. They're going to have cravings, mood swings. Um, She's about to birth a blessing. You have to treat it as such. With a blessing is a huge responsibility. Yes. With postpartum, I remember one of my professors said, a woman's brain shrinks for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So 
even their emotion emotions are going to be all through. You're going to go through so much. It's a roller coaster. It literally is a roller coaster. You know how right. something is uh, 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 and then you drop and then it's you have to you have to as they say somebody's better half. That's a great way of showing it. Like that's mm-hmm. the first test. You literally are watching someone drain themselves to bring right. life in. And that is a very precious thing. Mm-hmm. So that's when we say real like a, a man. That's why having a baby is nothing to play with. Right. right? It's nothing to play with. So again, congratulations on your second Bless Appreciate it. Um, I, I've I've worked with guys that were sixteen. Mm-hmm. It was like, man, I'm about to have a baby, and I'm like, yo, I'm twenty. Well, at the time, I'm like, I'm twenty five, and I'm still trying to figure this life thing out. Mm-hmm. Imagine being responsible for another life. That's tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some people say it's finances, it's is this, is that. No, it's literally understanding. So if she gets up and says, "Can you my 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 fetus woman?" Go go make breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not being a simp. It's it's setting the tone early. Um, because believe it or not, you know, that kid is gonna hear your voice. So when they come out, they they're gonna recognize, mm-hmm. oh, that's mom, that's dad. Yeah. You know, so setting the tone before the child is even there. But that's what we mean leaning on someone. During this duration, nine months of of, of going through that. I don't think a lot of no man could could withstand what they go through. I mean, right. childbirth we've seen can be deadly. Mm-hmm. So I think when you realize what a blessing is, even even just waking up is a blessing. Honestly, yeah. When you see someone that is in pain, the best thing you can do is just be there. Right. Yeah. Nine months is short when you think about it. It's not you. You're not pregnant for nine years, so it's not. It doesn't last forever. Right. But for that nine months, man, you really have to put yourself second, because mm-hmm. not only is it the 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 woman, it's the child. You have somebody depending on you. Right. Literally depending on you. Mm-hmm. So if if you can't do that for nine months. Don't, don't do it for, you know, I'm getting tongue-tied because there's so many people that don't carry it as such. Mm-hmm. Like, that's nothing to play with, man. So f- when you talk to them, they go to postpartum, they're like, man, it's rough because you have so many emotions going on that you can't even get out yourself. Right. You might be feeling five or six emotions that is hard. Sometimes they, they cry just, be, just because. Mm-hmm. So you really got to tap in and be like, this is... This is going to be a journey. Let's embrace this together. I think that's one of the most beautiful things. But I've, I've not only having the education side, but seeing guys that I look up to, were right. like, "Hey, man, I got, you know, I got, I got my girl, I got my wife." You know, so mm-hmm. getting that, that uh, textbook side of it, but that real interaction side of it, put it together. Now you've kind of dot. You see, you've seen it. You can cross your uh, T's and dot your I's because you know how serious it is. But it's a beautiful thing. A child is a blessing. Yeah. But it, it's not a PlayStation. We just cut it on and cut it off. I'm like, pregnancy is real, man. And I just want people to know, like, the power of a woman that can, you know, give you a blessing. Man, make sure you, you pour them back into it. Just like with, the, with counseling. She's pouring her body out mm-hmm. for something. Make sure you're pouring back into her. Simple as that.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, like I said, that's one of those It's tough. Um, and seeing it for the second time, like, I know, you know, we always talk about, there's like this worldwide comparison of, you know, mm-hmm. men, women couldn't endure what men go through and men couldn't endure what women go through. But to see like the emotional changes, the body changes, you know, the having to love themselves again after pregnancy, because, you know, they, they, that's, that's huge. And people don't realize mm-hmm. it is because mm-hmm. a big part of it is they just don't, they don't love themselves. They, they look at themselves and they look back at what they were before being pregnant and they're like, man, I want to get back to that. And you can, you know, and a lot of women yeah. do, you know, mm-hmm. but it's it's a journey. It's not like as soon as the baby's born, that stomach's gone, you know, that weight is off and boom, you're back to normal. A lot of people bounce back, but the part of a lot of people don't and a lot of women don't. And then so now they have to relearn how to love their new self. And yeah. I, I, I would say it's never easy when you don't love yourself. Or, or you're not happy with yourself. It's never easy when you talk about having to relearn it because through them nine months, they went through the changes. They're already preparing themselves for, man, I'm just, I'm just not the same me anymore right now. My body is this, my, my mm-hmm. mentally, I'm not there. So then when you talk about somebody who's not going to bounce back to what they were before and having to relearn how to love themselves in the, the body and the mind state that they're in, I think that becomes tough. But you said a key word, and that's kind of, you know, I want to close out with this question, but you said a key word. And the word you said is simp. It's not considered a simp. So where I'm going with this is social media. You know, this the the mm-hmm. cancel culture, the social media aspect obviously is huge right now. Technology is huge. How mm-hmm. does what do you think how has social media impacted not I don't want to say your field, but how big of a factor when you talk to people is it that they they mention social media like you could tell they're not they 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 not validated they don't feel like they have enough followers they may not flat out say that but they they look at their followers they you know they're just not famous and i think social media has a lot to do with that social media has us mm-hmm. as as people wanting to live this certain life like you get on twitter and people are Talking about, you know, like the, the most recent incident, Saweetie and Quavo, their relationship, like mm-hmm. everybody has something to weigh in on these celebrities. And then, you know, the women, if he's not buying you a Birkin bag, he's not worth it. Then the man mm-hmm. is like, man, if my if you can't get me a Lambo, we don't need to talk like we hold ourselves to these rich people, these celebrity standards. How is social media impacted? negative or positive on people's mental health and i'm sure you've seen it time and time again whether they flat out say it it's number it's the number one question i always get from i said from the youth which is okay here's here's a perfect example right say if it's just me and you right now even though we're live say if it's no viewers you got to come attack the interview with the same passion as if it was one million viewers Mm -hmm. a lot of the gears caught up in the followers only got 10 subscribers excuse me 10 is a lot. Mm-hmm. Give the people energy. Why are you worrying about numbers? Worry about the passion. Oh, he he made a million dollars. He in the league. He followed his dreams. Follow yours. Oh, he driving a the car. There's somebody that can't walk. And you worrying about a, a, a million dollar car? There's somebody that's bedridden that would just love to take two steps. So you really got to peel this back. 
That's why I made my podcast. Everybody is a celebrity because every if you if you breathing, you inspiring somebody. Mm-hmm. And materialistic things are cool, but you can't take this stuff with you. Right. So it's well, you hear you hear other people say, "Man, I woke up this morning. I got to hug my daughter. I had a meal. I have a roof over my head. I have my person. Mm-hmm. Um, I." just bought a house the little things right everybody wants the mountaintop nobody wants to appreciate the climb right i think that's why when you have a horse race they put the blinders on sometimes because if you turn your head they already head and now you behind mm-hmm. so i just say run your race literally run, embrace embrace your journey your story is different from mine her story could be different from his but when you compare yourself, that's the thief of joy. Right. We look in a dead relationship, but who knows what the dead relationship looks like behind closed doors? You know? So the only person you really can fix is yourself. Love yourself first. Be comfortable alone with yourself first. And then you can, you know, bring yourself in. But you shouldn't put your worth in your partner, your career, your money. Just put your worth in you. Mm-hmm. I think just as simple as that, man. Um and that's a hell of a question to end on is love, literally just love yourself. Don't worry about others mm-hmm. because when you worry about others, can't worry, can't worry about yourself. And it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, headlines and all this. It's like, nobody knows you like, like, you know, yourself, mm-hmm. you know, why are you trying to impress someone? What does that do for you? You know, impress yourself first. 100%. Be confident. Don't be cocky. Be confident. Um, you know, be humble, but apply pressure, and right. believe whatever you your dream is, you can attack it. That's it. Relationship, career, podcasting, a teaching, whatever. Just living it, relish it. You know, maybe some people in their in their journey where they pray for, they here right now. Don't worry about the five years. Don't worry about what happened in the past. Enjoy this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, enjoy yeah. it, man. We. Tomorrow's not promised. So right, 100%. If you went to sleep tonight and you had a dream of what that day transpired, would you be happy or would you be sad? So just attack the day. If you can't win the day, win the hour. If you can't win the hour, win the minute. If you can't win the minute, win the second. Keep winning seconds. They turn into minutes, then they turn into hours, and they turn into days. So just win the second is my advice. Right. Win your second. Then you're going to win your minute. Then you win your hour. Then you win your days. Now you win in months. Now you win in years. But just worry about you. Yeah. Well, and yeah, bro, that was, you know, that was kind of how I wanted to close is because, you know, like, like I said, the social media aspect is kind of like everybody seems to have unrealistic standards and mm-hmm. you, you measure your success. And, you know, you're the second person I've heard actually literally tell me run your own race you know, embrace your race because your race is different from this person and this person never measure your success based on the person to the left of you, to the right of you, to the front of you or behind you, because you have a lane, stay in your lane. And you know, it's like nowadays people, you look and be like, oh man. And it's not necessarily a congratulations to people aren't congratulating other people's success. It's they envy it. They see it. And they like, I want it. So they kind of try and jump in your lane to get there. 
or and and then they don't reach it and then they get upset but like if you would have stayed in your lane your time mm-hmm. you know your time is coming some people's time is faster than others you know and that was something i had to really go through with my job and you know in, in it's one like it's your time but just because somebody says when your your time will be here it doesn't don't rush your time don't think that because everybody else's time around you came that your time isn't coming it just there, there's a purpose there's a reason why you're not there yet but you'll get there and you know if you look at everybody else and then you you want some validation from everybody else i think that becomes a problem and that's why you know depression kind of you know, handling it, having people like you in this world, I think is like mm-hmm. at an all time high. But at the same time, I think depression is at an all time high. Mental health mm-hmm. issues is at an all time high. And that's why we are seeing more people like you in the game of addressing mental health because it is at an all time high. And we need more and more people to be there as, you know, mental health advocates, even whether, you know, somebody like you who eventually will be a doctor you know, Dr. Mm-hmm. Wayne Cole, but even somebody else who, who maybe can't afford the education, but has the interest in the love and the passion to go out there and be an advocate for mental health and do it on their free time or whatever. But that, that's just their passion. They have a job because that's their means of income, but then they have a passion. Everybody has a passion outside of their job. Even people who love their job, they have something they love to do outside of work. And I've seen people who love to address the mental health situation, but that's not the job. They don't, they're not counselors. They're not teachers, but they love to address other people's mental health because first off, they're in a place where they feel like they could do that because mentally they love themselves. Mm-hmm. All the steps they're going to tell people to take, they've addressed that within themselves. They love themselves, you know, and, and they feel like they could impact. All it takes is one for them. If I could talk to 10 kids and I impacted one, I had a good day. So, you know, this was definitely a dope conversation, bro. I yeah, appreciate man, your time. Appreciate um, yours, man. Yeah, you know, I kind of, you know, you, you gave me some credit on the questions, but my questions were just based off of your answers from the previous questions. So, you know, I appreciate and you. that's how you know you got on. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, typically, you know, even coming into the show, I didn't have, hey, I'm going to go from this question to this question. It's just, hey, I have an overall thing, but I'm mm-hmm. going to let you carry the conversation, especially because, addressing such a topic where i'm no expert at all i've went through things but you're the expert you know you you I appreciate that have the education behind it you address this on a daily basis and so you know like i said you know watching your you you jump on chris's show is what i mean let me reach out to him let me see if he's willing to do it because i'm like man he, he hits on a topic that's close to me i battled it you know i battled mental health issues myself you know I, i've been on you know the receiving end of, of having to be the husband to a wife going through postpartum and that wasn't mm-hmm. easy, you know? So I've had my battles where I'm like, man, I would love to talk to somebody who has some, you know, who's really interested in addressing that question. Because like I said, you know, even I watched, I am athlete and, and Brandon Marshall, you know, that episode where, where Ocho broke down that, that hit me. And it was because yeah. like, man, you put four guys in a room and they had a serious conversation. Like, where are you mentally? And like, why are we not doing that more often? Is like mm-hmm. my question. Why do men not feel like we could do that more often? Why is it we gotta watch the celebrities do it? Like, but then there'll still be man. I'm not sitting here, check. And all it is is a check in, bro. How you doing? Like, and I'm not asking how you doing. Like, man, today was a good day. I'm asking genuinely, bro. Are you good? Like, do you mm-hmm. need anything? 
And when I mean, do you need anything? People take it now, nah, bro. My money straight. Da, da, da. I'm not asking money. Like, do you right. need anything? Do you need a listening ear? Do you want to talk? So, you know, that kind of that episode to me, I, I watch it every week. But that episode right there was a big one. And while I wanted to start talking to guys such as yourself, because I'm like, man, we don't have enough. So when I do see one, that's like inspirational. But I appreciate your time, bro. Um, So yeah, I'm going to let you. Yours, man. Oh, thank you, bro. And I'm going to let you close out, you know, kind of tell us any projects you have coming up. You you know, plug your social media and everything like mm -hmm. that. Uh, if you want to you know, follow me, uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at uh, K-I-N-G underscore O-T-A-Y. Just a tribute. Me and my grandfather's middle names put together because uh, I'm named after him. Um, I have a podcast called Everybody is a Celebrity. Well, I truly believe everybody is a celebrity. That's what my grandfather, they called him a celebrity. So again, it's another way to honor him. And mm -hmm. we had an ambition goal of interviewing 1 billion people. That's just the type of guys we are. We make huge goals. Mm -hmm. And the other one is called the sports counselor. So I'm going to be talking to professional athletes, high schoolers, collegiate athletes, and mental health professionals, just mm -hmm. simply about, you know, mental health from a, you know, sports background and a professional background and, you know, just breaking down those stigmas. So, uh, again, man, I, it's an honor. And like I said, I, I always pay the honor back. So I'll figure out, you know, a way to get you on my show mm -hmm. and uh, go from there. Because, again, I, I, that's just who I am. Yeah. So anybody that believed in me enough to bring me on this, I definitely return the favor. So uh, just just keep me on the radar for that. Yeah, 100%, bro. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'll be just as honored to get on your you know, on your show and talk whatever whatever it is we decide to talk about. One day, you know, I'll bring you back on. We'll talk some NBA, you know, talk yeah. about your Washington Wizards and things like that. <laughs> we didn't really hit on that today, but, you That's know, I'll right. definitely bring you back on to talk the basketball aspect of, of what you love, chopping it up about. But everybody know where to find me at Upper Flames Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Mo underscore Cheese 15 on Twitter and Instagram for my personal account. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, whether you tuned into the live, I appreciate you. Yeah, or whether you're listening you, to this on audio, I appreciate you. And, you know, on that note, up in flame.